Hey, this is Tom Webster, and welcome to this week's episode of Sounds Profitable, what Garth Brooks can teach us about podcast ads. Today, we're going to be talking about programmatic ads and whether or not they're bad for podcasting, or are they something different? Are they a lifeline for creators? And to find out, we ask the number one solo artist in U.S. history. Well, spoiler alert, I, I didn't talk to him personally. My partner, Brian, has been talking about programmatic advertising all summer long, and I wanted to add a thought about this from the perspective of the audience, that many-limbed beast I've made a career out of studying. To do this, I will enlist the help of Garth Brooks, who I opened for once in Nashville, name dropper. In a previous life, I worked on a lot of research in and around the music industry, including a big annual research presentation to a gathering of country music, radio, and record industry executives in Nashville every year. My presentation was uh, a main stage keynote that was immediately followed by a conversation with Garth Brooks. And yes, I got a selfie because I know he was thrilled to have a memory with the top selling research artist of all time. Now, Garth didn't have his guitar for this. Instead, he was there to spill the tea on the country music industry and how streaming has changed the landscape and the expectations of listeners. One thing he said really stuck with me. He maintained that streaming music services had ended a lot of songwriter careers before they could even get started. And at first, I just thought he was being cranky, but there's a lot of merit to this. In the days of albums, which for our younger listeners were collections of songs that you had to buy in order to get the one you wanted in the first place, a new or struggling songwriter might get the odd album track on a Randy Travis album or a deep cut on a Reba McIntyre record. Now, that would not get them FU money, but it would be enough to stop waiting tables for a few months and keep writing, which eventually led them to getting better and maybe landing a single, maybe even a number one hit which could set them up for a career. The album cuts that streaming effectively killed, unless your name is Ed or Taylor, were the lifeline that kept struggling artists going just long enough to master their craft and stay in the game long enough to start writing hits. Now, iTunes in particular killed that, at least in country music, uh, which has a long tradition of songwriters who aren't otherwise popular artists. They're very talented performers, but they generally end up writing for other people. With consumers able to purchase just that hit single track they wanted, the farm system for songwriters began to dry up. The lifelines were pulled. Today, even in pop music, there's a dwindling number of hit makers, guys like Jack Antonoff and Phineas O'Connell, who have mastered the craft of making singles geared for the Spotify set. And with how streaming has changed music consumption, it's really hard to break the top 20 on Spotify when Ed Sheeran has 16 of them, which he had when he put his last album out. Now, here's how this all ties back to programmatic advertising. For some podcasters, programmatic is the devil, an unwelcome intrusion into an otherwise pristine space. But programmatic advertising, with its efficient marketplace of buyers and sellers, is also the lifeline that could keep independent podcasters in the game while they work on their craft and build towards a hit of their own. I mean, let's face it, direct support from subscribers and patrons can only carry the developing podcasters so far. And if you don't have enough of an audience to quit your day job, you don't exactly have the bandwidth to go out and pitch P&G to advertise on your D&D &D podcast. 
Opting into a programmatic marketplace might be enough to keep you in the game another week, another month, another year. It might be the bridge to successful monetization with host red ads alone. And programmatic is also the key to fully monetizing the incredible long tail of podcasting, distributing podcast dollars as widely as the audience is distributed instead of clumped together with the top shows because those shows are just easier to buy. And that's really the key with programmatic advertising. It makes your show easy to buy. Most advertisers don't want hard to buy ads, no matter how they convert. I remember sitting in the audience at a radio conference once, listening to an audible gasp from the radio executives in the audience when a pair of high-level political operatives told them that they didn't buy a lot of radio for their candidates because radio was too hard to buy. What are you talking about? screamed a room full of radio salespeople. But the politicos were right. If they're working for a candidate for governor of Michigan, they don't want to buy market to market. They want to buy Michigan. And that's still not easy with radio. And that's something that the streaming services eat radio's lunch on. Okay, you might say, but programmatic is still the devil. Now, admittedly, it can sometimes manifest as evil. We have all been jolted out of our host-induced reverie by a clumsy, too-loud ad dynamically inserted into our otherwise halcyon environment, like pineapple slices on a pizza. Abomination. But let's be honest. This isn't the fault of programmatic advertising. It's the fault of some dude named Brandon or Kyle or something who pushed a button and said, that's probably good enough. The problem isn't programmatic. It's, it's you, Kyle. Do your job. Now, what's really holding back programmatic from becoming the lifeline for so many up-and-coming podcasters isn't quality or the disruption of podcasting's intimate environment that we hear so much about. It's assumptions, assertions, and otherwise unproven bits of received wisdom. And I'll close here by referencing an incredibly efficient tweet from noted developer Marco Arment, who, uh, who built Overcast, one of the uh, podcast apps that many people use. Now, I am not singling this out to quarrel with Marco specifically. He's certainly an important developer to the space. But his one tweet neatly encapsulated the three biggest assumptions about programmatic advertising that I think we as an industry need to poke at. And here's the tweet. Cheap, sloppy, dynamic ad insertion in podcasts continues to degrade the experience for listeners. They blame the app, so that's my problem to deal with. But DAI podcasters, digital audio dynamic ad insertion podcasters, what are you doing? You're throwing your audience away. These people will leave podcasts forever. Now, here are the assumptions in order. Number one, they blame the app. Taken literally as a problem for app developers, this troubles me not. But let's expand this to an assertion I suspect Marco would agree with, that listeners will blame the podcaster. And he also posts some negative reviews as proof of that. Now, in my business, we have a saying, well, I say it anyway, data is not the plural of anecdote. Yes, a few bad reviews or tweets can be unsettling. After all, a bad tweet likely represents 10 people who share the same opinion. But if one bad tweet equals 10, one good tweet very likely equals 1,000. People aren't as motivated to praise as they are to complain. And anyway, a couple of bad tweets are like shark sightings. Get two in the same place in one summer and all of a sudden, that place is Shark Beach. Assumption number two, you're throwing your audience away. There's no evidence of this beyond the anecdotal. 
I'm a fan of YouTuber Rick Beato's music-related content, which is punctuated every five minutes by one or two terrible ads about things I don't want. I don't take it out on Rick Beato. I love his content. If your audience leaves you because of a bad ad on your podcast, maybe you should turn your microscope around and examine how compelling your podcast is. An ad is part of the attention bargain that all consumers are accustomed to making. If a listener leaves your podcast because of an ad, it doesn't mean the ad was the problem. It means your content wasn't worth the bargain, and that is real talk, my friends. And the last assumption, these people will leave podcasts forever. Look, if Slapchop and Ron Popeil haven't scared us away from television, I don't think Geico is going to chase people off of podcasts. There's little evidence that this happens in any form of media, let alone in podcasting. Now, the possible exception here is that excessive advertising has certainly had an impact on terrestrial radio listening. But A, commercial radio spot loads are way out of control. And B, most Americans still listen to radio every week. But here's the real reason why so many of these assumptions that we make about programmatic advertising compared to host-read ads are likely overstated. It isn't that programmatic ads are so bad. It's that to the listener, an ad is an ad. They aren't there for the ads, period, no matter how they're delivered or produced. For multiple years now, the super listener study that Edison Research and our sponsor Ad Results Media have put out has shown something similar to this, that yes, host-read ads are preferred, but not by as much as you might think. No, it's not because any of them are lacking or that much better. It's because screaming insurance ads and lovingly host-read mentions have this in common. They aren't the things that listeners came to the show to hear. Now, the onus then falls upon the creative execution of the advertisement, not the form of delivery. And it's here, my friends, where Sounds Profitable wants to shine a little light. On August 23rd at Podcast Movement in Dallas, we're holding the first Sounds Profitable Business Summit. And one of the highlights of this one-day event will be the debut of our next research study, hot on the heels of our very successful study on the creators. Now, this project will present a definitive analysis of the structural differences of host-read, live-read, and announcer-read ads from the standpoint of both listener appeal and brand measures. Now, attendance at the summit is limited to podcast movement ticket holders who also represent the nearly 100 companies who sponsor Sounds Profitable. Thank you. But the data will be live streamed and it will be publicly available to all, as will everything that we do here at Sounds Profitable. In our quest to help the podcast industry grow and do better, we're going to continue to do the work that supports an industry, one in which independent creators and networks alike can survive and thrive. Programmatic advertising isn't a necessary evil. It's the key to monetizing the long tail, keeping independence in the game a little bit longer, and giving us all the runway to chase that number one single. And maybe Garth will cover it. I'm Tom Webster. Thanks so much for listening to Sounds Profitable this week. For more articles, podcasts, and good stuff, including our latest research study, The Creator's please go to soundsprofitable.com. We'll see you next time.